Hi, I'm Cami Welch. Welcome to the What's Important Now podcast from the Arvada Chamber of Commerce. In this podcast, we'll talk to business and community leaders about the critical issues and topics you need to know to help your business thrive. I'm really excited about today's guest. We have Erin Lemons with us. Erin, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Sure. I am the founding partner of Eolus HR. It's an HR consulting business. Um, I've been in business about two years and really just here to support small businesses. I provide them tools, resources, and obviously the support they need to um, create and, and build strong employment practices and thus mitigate legal risk. Fantastic. So we're going to talk about a very important legal risk today as part of our podcast, and that is around vaccinations. A lot of employers right now are struggling with this idea of how do I have this conversation with my employees about getting vaccinated? And it doesn't matter. Should they be having these conversations? So we're going to dig into that a little bit today, and we know we have the right woman for the job. So thanks for joining us to have this discussion, Erin. All right, so let's start with the first question. As an employer, should I require my employees to get vaccinated? If I don't require it, can I offer incentives to those employees who do get vaccinated? So the, the, the first thing I'm gonna say, um, and this is just a caveat to the entire discussion, which is this is an ongoing, as we all know with COVID, it's an ongoing um, situation and is very fluid. So things change pretty rapidly. Um, and so I think, you know, in the context of what we talk about today, this, this being one of them, it's super important that, that everybody continue to pay attention and follow CDC and um, CDPH, Colorado Health um, Public, and, and Colorado Public Health, um, Colorado Public Health. <laughs> so, um, but important that they, that they continue to follow that for updated guidance as we go through it. So, when it comes to vaccinations and should you require a vaccination, the, the simple answer is you can require it, but most organizations and, and most practices um, are really suggesting that you not require vaccination. So there are a lot of things we can do to help support our teams and help educate our teams on the importance of vaccination. And we can certainly strongly encourage vaccinations, but it's not something at this point that I would recommend and that a lot of people um, would recommend making or requiring um, an employee to do. There's just a lot of stipulations that come with that um, when you require a vaccination. The second part of that question, I think, was just in regards to um, if you're not going to require it, what can you do to support that process? Um, and, and truly, it is, there's a couple things you can do. A, again, strongly encouraging your team members um, to get vaccinated and helping them understand the whys of that, right? And, and really making information accessible to them um, and, and allowing them to become educated on why vaccinations work and, and how they work and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, source reputable people, um, reputable sites and help them understand the safety and the efficacy of, of going into a vaccination or, or what that might look like. Perfect. Thank you. That's, that's really good context for us and kind of thinking through some of those nuances and conversations that may come up as you're having this discussion about vaccination. So we recognize that there's a number of people that maybe can't get vaccinated, whether it's for medical reasons or religious reasons. And so they're fearful to return to work. What is the employer's role in navigating those types of situations? So yeah, there's a, there's a couple things I think that employers need to keep in mind. So first and foremost, um, if, if 
an employee is uncomfortable returning to work and it's due to a medical reason or um, something to that effect, then certainly we can, or, or they can, if, if applicable, still allow them to remote, um, to work remote and, and to kind of flex their, their schedules. I think that um, is an alternative that will be with us for a while um, and, and makes sense for a lot of people. Now, that being said, I think that um, <clears throat> there's, there's an entire process that you follow when you're looking at an accommodation and vaccines or not being able to be vaccinated would certainly fall into that category where we would wanna go through what's called an interactive process um, to determine you know, why that employee, why they can't or what might be a reasonable accommodation for them. So, um, and I think this is important for employers to know because it's, you know, there are specific reasons why we would accommodate and why it may not be necessary to accommodate an employee. So um, walking through these specific steps allows you to do that, right? And allows you to gather the pertinent information to then make decisions on, is it reasonable to accommodate this person? And then what might that accommodation be? So um, does it have to do with additional PPE? Is it more surface around remote work or flex work schedules or something to that effect? So I just think it's really important that you follow that process. And of course, if you want more information on what that would look like or, or how that process works, reach out to your HR partner. Certainly I'm always happy to help, but it's a, it's a very specific process you follow that will help you navigate that, that space. Perfect. So the moral of the story is employers need to get this buttoned up and understand the policies and procedures that connect to vaccinations because everybody's going to have unique situations they're going to have to address. So great to know you're a resource for that. We appreciate that. So continuing this conversation around how complicated <laughs> this topic is. So right now, employers are following quarantine guidelines based on what CDPHE and the CDC are telling us that we need to follow. As employees are getting vaccinated, how does that change the quarantining guidance for offices? Yeah. And again, it, this is going to be really interesting to follow. And I think, again, super important for businesses to stay on top of what the CDC and the CDPHE are saying um, right now. What we're looking at is if an employee has been fully vaccinated, and that means they've received their second dose and they're two weeks past that, that if they are exposed, then their need to quarantine um, is, is kind of diminished, right? So they're allowed to stay in the workforce. They can continue to work. Um, they do have to self-monitor um, for um, uh, symptoms, right? So they want to make sure that, that they're not, that they don't develop symptoms. And if they do, then at that point they would quarantine. Um, but for all intent and purpose with the efficacy, the way we understand it, if an employee is vaccinated and they're, they're past that two week period of their second dose, then they shouldn't have to quarantine um, after an exposure. Whereas an employee who has not been vaccinated, um, they would want to continue the current process of, or the current protocol for, for quarantining after exposure. So this poses an interesting question. So if I'm the employer, how am I tracking this? Because I have to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been vaccinated and how to follow those proper quarantining. Are there any tips for employers to track that appropriately? Well, I think, I, I think most important um, is, is really to start to create policies and procedures for your team. So without necessarily going out and saying, you have to come and tell me when you've been vaccinated, um, what you can do is create policies that say, listen, if you've been vaccinated, here's what you follow. If you haven't been vaccinated, here's what you follow based on exposure, right? So almost like a, 
a post-vaccination vaccination exposure policy and a pre-vaccination um, exposure policy. I think the other thing employers can do is, is make it easier for employees to become vaccinated. So there's a lot of different ways they can do that um, by, you know, if, if they're able to schedule vaccines for their team, then they, through a, a center that's nearby, they can do that. Um, you know, they can um, schedule time for their team to be away. So, and this kind of actually poses another point, which is if when people are going through their vaccination, right, they may experience some symptoms. Um, and some of those symptoms can, they range from mild to, to moderate um, to, I wouldn't say severe, but moderate plus, right? Um, so I think that it's important for employers to acknowledge that. And one way they can help themselves get more information is by saying, listen, if you're gonna vaccinate, let us know, because maybe that day or two days after they're off of work, right? And that's something that the employer is allowing for um, them to, to be off, right? Um, I also just wanna add, because it's on my mind as I talk about this, there are certain symptoms that somebody may experience after a vaccine and certain symptoms that they will not experience after a vaccine. So um, what they're telling people is if, if you experience fatigue, you know, fever, chills, aches, those sorts of things, that's all pretty standard after a vaccine. Symptoms that are not standard would be a cough, a sore throat, loss of taste of, you know, loss of um, sense of taste or smell, um, shortness of breath, and those actually may be more COVID related. So if, if you have a team member who is um, experiencing those symptoms after a COVID shot or a COVID vaccine, then they should, they should stay out, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And I think, again, in this discussion of it's complicated and there's different situations that we have to be thinking about. So I appreciate what you're saying about the policies. And I would love to think about some samples of those policies that we could maybe offer to our employer community so they can see what that could look like just to give them a sense of that. So we'll go with one more question. So let's talk about what's most important to keep in mind when employees begin returning to the workplace or have returned to the workplace. How do I ensure that they're comfortable and safe with all of these changes and things going on? Sure. And again, this is really going to speak to you as an employer um, in, in setting your team up for success, for lack of a better word, right? So it's important that they feel safe. It's important that they feel secure for a myriad of reasons. Um, and transparency as a business owner, as an employer is really going to be key there, right? Transparency and communication. Um, so helping your team understand what you're doing to keep them safe, what protocols you put in place, you know, regardless of vaccinations, we also have mask adherence. We also have social distancing protocols. So it's helping their team understand what's been put in place to measure that. Um, and then I think it does go back to the policies you put in place. So what is your COVID procedure? What is your COVID policy? So if somebody experiences symptoms, you know, how, what do they know to do? So it's creating all these policies that help the team understand, okay, if I have these symptoms and I'm not to come to work and I'm supposed to, I need to call my doctor and I need to call my supervisor. And I know that I'm going to get paid based off of the Colorado law and so on and so forth. It's setting those up and making them available to their team or to your team. So they're educated and know what to do and how to follow. That will go a long way in, in easing their anxiety in, in terms of returning to work. Awesome. Got it. Transparency. We'll focus on that as we all move forward. That's perfect. Well, I can't thank you enough, Erin. You're a wealth of information. We always love chatting with you. If people have questions or they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, they are welcome to um, email me um, or they can call me as well. I'm happy to leave my email, which is my um, first initial last name, 
elemons at eolishr.com. Um, or they're welcome to call me as well, which is 303-570-3186. Awesome. Thank you, Erin. We appreciate your time today. We will continue to load these resources and many more on the COVID-19 toolkit at arvadachamber.org. We'll see you next time on the What's Important Now podcast.